Superior Lawson lowered the letter, frowning at Vic over the rims of his eye lenses. He looked like a man who had not smiled in some time, perhaps ever. His Eminence, the Arch-Lector, writes you a glowing report. He tells me you were instrumental in ending the uprising at Falbeck. He feels I might need your help. Lawson turned his frown on Tallow, standing awkwardly in the corner, as if the idea of his being helpful with anything was an affront to reason. Vic still wasn't sure why she'd brought him, perhaps because she had no one else to bring. "'Not need my help, Superior,' she said. No bear, badger, or wasp was more territorial than a superior of the Inquisition, after all. But I don't have to tell you how damaging it would be financially, politically, diplomatically, if Westport voted to leave the Union. No, said Lawson crisply. You do not. As superior of Westport, he'd be looking for a job. Which is why his eminence felt you could perhaps use my help. Lawson set down the letter, adjusted its position on his desk, and stood. Forgive me if I am dubious, Inquisitor, but performing surgery upon the politics of one of the world's greatest cities is not quite the same as smashing up a strike. And he opened the door onto the high gallery. The threats are worse and the bribes better, said Vic as she followed him through, Tallow shuffling behind. But otherwise, I imagine there are similarities. Then may I present to you our unruly workers, the Aldermen of Westport. And Lawson stepped to the balustrade and gestured down below. There, on the floor of Westport's cavernous hall of assembly, tiled with semi-precious stones in geometric patterns, the leadership of the city was debating the great question of leaving the Union. Some aldermen stood, shaking fists or brandishing papers. Others sat, glumly watching or with heads in hands. Others bellowed over each other in at least five languages, the ringing echoes making it impossible to tell who was speaking, let alone what was being said. Others murmured to colleagues or yawned, scratched, stretched, gazed into space. A group of five or six had paused for tea in a distant corner, men of every shape, size, colour and culture a cross-section through the madly diverse population of the city they called the crossroads of the world, wedged onto a narrow scrap of thirsty land between Styria and the south, between the Union and the Thousand Isles. Two hundred and thirteen of them at the current count, and each with a vote. Lawson pronounced the word with evident distaste. When it comes to arguing, the citizens of Westport are celebrated throughout the world, and this is where their most dauntless arguers stage their most intractable arguments. The superior peered towards a great cloak on the far side of the gallery. They've been at it for seven hours already today. Vic was not surprised. There was a stickiness to the air from all the breath they'd wasted. The fates knew she was finding Westport more than hot enough, even in spring. But she had been told that in summer, after particularly intense sessions, it could sometimes rain inside the dome, a sort of spitty, drizzling back of all their high-blown language onto the furious alderman below. 
Seems the opinions are somewhat entrenched down there. I wish they were more so, said Lawson. Thirty years ago, after we beat the Gurkish, you couldn't have found five votes for leaving the Union. But the Styrian faction has gained a great deal of ground lately. The wars, the debts, the uprising in Valbeck, the death of King Gisal, and his son is, shall we say, not yet taken seriously on the international stage. Without mincing words, our prestige is in the nightpot, Vic finished for him. We joined the Union because of their military might. A truly mighty voice boomed out, finally cutting through the hubbub. The speaker was thick-set, dark-skinned, and shaven-headed, with strangely gentle gestures. Because the empire of Gurkhal threatened us from the south, and we needed strong allies to deter them. But membership has cost us dear. Millions of scales in treasure, and the price forever rises. Agreement floated up to the gallery in an echoing murmur. Who's the man with all the voice? asked Vic. Solomeo Shudra, said Lawson sourly, the leader of the pro-Styrian faction and a royal thorn in my arse, half Siponese, half Kadiri, a fitting emblem for this cultural melting pot. Vic knew all this, of course. She made a great deal of effort to go into every job well informed, but she preferred to keep her knowledge to herself whenever possible and let others imagine themselves the great experts.